this episode of Cinema Swirl was brought to you with the support of our backers over at patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl. You know by now that $5 OTP backers get instant access to every episode of Cinema Swirl, a monthly exclusive bonus show in which Kevin and I review bad movies. What you might not know is that this month, the month of October, we're doing something a little bit different. We've already released on the Patreon exclusively a Q&A episode, Kevin and I going through some Patreon mail, having a chat, it's been an absolute blast, and also on Halloween simultaneously with this year's Spooky Swirl, we're releasing a spooky reverse swirl. You will have heard on the main feed how much fun we have doing these reverse swirls, and this one is going to be a Patreon exclusive in place of a cinema swirl this month. More details, including the film we're reviewing, to be revealed soon. Given that October is a double content month, this is a perfect time to sign up to the Patreon. If you want to find out more, head on over to patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl. All right, let's get swirling. Cinema Swirl! And with your shoes all over the good clean floor, it's episode number 84! <laughs> coming to you from the freshly cleaned kitchen of Hollywood, California, it's me, your old pal, Cowboy Kevin, saddling up with all of these freshly polished white goods and surfaces, aka movies, that have not been seen by my OTP, Sam Chaplin. How are you doing today? I've slipped on this shiny floor, I've fallen over, and I'm going to to make a claim that you've caused an accident that wasn't my fault so touche all right touche to you and my yeah. claim right back at you is i claim that there's never been a case before where a superstar celebrity of hollywood has gotten an unprecedented two episodes in a goddamn row back to what back. is this We've gone crazy all aboard the Swayze Trainsy once again. Choo-choo. Please have your tickets and rail cards available. <laughs> it's one of those cases, and this has come up before in Cinema Swell history, where we've had a vote and we've respected the result of the vote. However, we want to do what we thought was going to win as well. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah, this is basically kind of a blueprint for democracy going forward, yeah. which is... You've had your say, and we did that now, and now yeah. we're going to go and do what we thought would have happened naturally, forgetting once again that there is no telling ye at home, is there? There is no telling ye. All of these votes that we put on facebook.com forward slash cinema swirl are advisory votes. They are advisory. <laughs> okay? <laughs> advisory votes, and you know what? Far be it from me to complain that we got to watch Point Break last go around, which oh. was a romp and stomp and good time. But now it really feels like the actual business of Patrick Swayze is coming to the forefront. Yes. Because today's episode is the sit-down second serving, and you're not leaving till you've finished every goddamn vegetable on the plate. It's Dirty Dancing. Mm. I know a little bit about this. I think this is peak Swayze. I think I said that in the Point Break episode. I don't think I've seen Swayze at full Swayze power. I've seen good Swayze, but I don't think yeah. I've seen, like, Patrick Swayze, you know? Like, like, I don't think I've seen, like, Patrick Swayze. Like, proper Patrick Swayze. It's ridiculous to think, like, because the last episode, he was literally surfing the wave. Because mm. he was a surfer in that movie. And was. beforehand, he had been in Dirty Dancing, which was very successful. Mm. <laughs> 
Are you saying that he's riding the wave of the success of Dirty Dancing into films like Point Break? Oh, yeah, but he was a surfer as well. Just thought I'd remind everyone at home. He was a surfer in the last movie, wasn't he? (laughs) On the waves. Yeah, he was surfing on the waves. He's having a good time. Yeah, yeah. He looked great in that film. He did. Good he looked looking guy. in that film. He looked right at home on the sea, in those waves, riding those waves. Sam, yeah. come here to me now. I'm going to mm. wave you over and ask you, <laughs> what, if anything, do you know about the Dirty Dancing epic known only as Dirty Dancing? Okay, here's what I know. I know that you are not to put baby in the corner. I believe okay. that that... Don't put baby in the corner. I believe that's okay. dirty dancing. All right. Why wouldn't you put baby in the corner? It's classic parental advice. You know, you don't want your children to be in corners. And Well, I mean, like, particularly if it's a baby as well, because, like, later on, you know, in life, if they're sent into the corner in school, and they've been like, I've been fucking riding this thing since I've been surfing the wave of the corner <laughs> since I was a baby... You know, they'll literally, like, look at it like it's no business. And you have to, like, you know, assume that life of that child is going to involve heavy prison sentences from yep. that point on. I got a little bit distracted there because I've realised I, I wasn't playing silly buggers, I promise. I misquoted the quote. It's not, yeah. don't put the baby in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> what is it, Sam? <laughs> I genuinely thought, I think Why it's... Why wouldn't you put the baby in the corner? <laughs> Go on, tell me. Nobody, nobody puts baby in the corner because of the pre-established rule, don't put baby in the corner. Yeah, we've already established that now. Yeah, uh, you know. so therefore nobody does it. Okay. I know that. I know I had the time of my life and I owe, owe it all to you. And I swear this the truth. It's so It's true. What do you think the song's going to be in relation to? Like, you know, the, the songs associated with this is going to be like, you know, the movie starts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the N64 version. <laughs> uh, uh, or is it something that like, you know, someone's going to be like, you know, bang a jukebox later and out comes this yeah. fucking tight piece of music. So there's this baby in the corner, right? And then someone comes in, turns the baby around and the baby is exposed to the rest of the world and sees all the, you know, myriad of wonderful things out there in the big wide world and has the time of their life. I assume that's a romantic climax to the film and that two yeah. characters, one of them, Swayze, have had a really, a really good time together. We had the time of our, I had the time of my life thanks to you because of you i owe it all to you i owe the time of my life to you did swayze have the time of his life or did the as yet unknown romantic partner have the time of their life and owe it all to he i think it might be a duet and so therefore i think both of them had the time of their respective lives and sing the same thing to each other in the film so i know that what's what's the movie about though like what's going to happen you know that there's a song in it you know that there's going to be a baby who all going well, won't be put in the corner. But what else do you know about the movie? Well, what happens? Who's Swayze? What's he doing? What's the dirty dancing in question? Right, okay. Is, so. it, a, is it a euphemism for something? Well. Well, he'd be down around the back there now on Saturday doing a bit of dirty dancing, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. Like, you know, something like that. I think. Right. So I know there's an, I think there's another song that I might know that is, and I only really know these songs from Simpsons references. So I think that in a maniac maniac on the floor i think okay. that's it right so he i think in, he, do, 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 do. yeah that's yeah. happening here okay. i think so hmm. 
and, and is that Swayze as well? Is Swayze a maniac on the floor? Someone's a maniac on the floor. Okay. I And is this the floor like with the corner where the baby is now, or is that now another different situation altogether? Look, I'm trying to work out whether this is the one where dancing is banned and there is no dancing. We refer to that as bouncing in the trade bouncing. as well, where it's wanton banning of dancing. And so therefore to dance is dirty because to dance is an offense in this instance yeah it's like it's prohibition era but the thing that's been prohibited is dancing so there's like dancing speakeasies right are you saying this is like some sort of an alternative universe like timeline where instead of the hooch that all the puritans america rally around dance instead and dance is verboten but then why would you ban dance well i guess it's like it's a sexy thing Mm, i don't well maybe this isn't the band dancing one but i thought that this was the band dancing so you think there's a movie where dancing is banned and people are like oh dirty dancing i'm glad we banned that not in my backyard i think that is a movie i'm not confident that it's this movie but i think it could be this movie although i I think this is set of its time which is the 80s okay so this is an 80s movie i don't think this is a dystopian alternate timeline Where, where dancing has been banned. But I feel like the, the dancing being banned is a thing. Okay. There, there's some restriction. Like, people can't just be like, hey, what are you doing today, Marty? I'm going to go dance. That, that's not, that, that ain't happening. No, 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 no. As far no. as you're concerned. So in that scenario, I think Swayze is a sexy dancer who's coming in to break all okay. the rules and break all the hearts, if you know what I'm saying. I see. So yeah. Swayze is going to be a heartbreaker, you think, in this? Well, you know, he's going to have the hearts of any young lady or indeed young fella who catches his eye. He's a sexy maniac on the floor and he's going to be there dancing and everyone's going to be like, oh, dancing's really cool. I mean, I think he's a sexy figure coming into a less sexy world and making it sexier is what I think the okay. might be. Yeah. So we're basically going to see general like elevation of the ambient sexiness of wherever it is that Swayze's heading, assumedly to dance in a manner which may or may not be considered dirty because of the general climate with regards to the legality of dancing in this climate, is what you're saying? Yes, that is exactly what I'm saying. Okay, well, there you go. It's a romantic film and there's dancing in it. I assume the dancing is quite sexy or dirty in a kind of sex way. (laughs) So you're thinking there's going to be like a degree of explicitness to this movie um like is this compared to our other because we've done some other romantic movies on this year podcast yeah we obviously had bridget jones most recently yep and we had pretty woman as well before that yeah are you telling me this is going to be an altogether like a bit looter or a bit racier i guess is what i should say than those other iterations i'll tell you this kevin it's not called clean dancing is it it's not called clean <laughs> dancing so i think things are gonna get a bit filthy up in here look you got two choices as a town it's either clean dancing or straight up blancing <laughs> nothing in between okay that's, that's, that's all it's going to be yeah right so i had a question for you <laughs> off the back of off the back of your knowledge of dirty dancing yeah sam you yes. and the world of dance is sam chaplin a dancing man. I can do the Macarena. You can do the Macarena? Uh, I do the Macarena, but I do the Macarena left-handed. Whoa! I lead with my left hand. I'm not a conventional dancer. I'm not very good at dancing. I enjoy dancing if I am uh, drunk. I like dancing around, but my actual dancing skills are very, very, very limited. Yeah, usually when the word around comes after dancing, it <laughs> seems to mean that 
or or about. That's it. Dancing yeah, about dancing is, about. is about. also like dancing around and dancing about. I can do a bit of dancing about, a bit of dancing around. I can do the Macarena. The Macarena is the only dance routine I know, and I'm pretty confident on that one because I've really fixated on the Macarena. But I know the Macarena well. Give it to me now, there now. And I'll, I'll turn, okay. Hey, all right, all right, okay. <laughs> okay. I can confirm for the audience at home, as someone it. who also studied the Macarena, he, yeah. he did it right. That's that's yeah. correct. Very, very mm. good. And he did the actual dance. He didn't just like kind of get in a grey suit and go, <laughs> Macarena. You know, like those other fuckers in the sign even do the dance. No. Like they're too cool. Like you know, I could probably conga. That's a type conga. of dance. I could probably do a conga. Hey, well, you know when you're like holding the if you're going to a wedding yeah are you hitting the dance floor is that gonna happen or are you like nah would you dance about or around a wedding dance floor again it's alcohol based you know depends on the point in the night and if i've had quite a bit to drink if i've had enough to drink i'll lose myself to the rhythm and i'll just get in there get amongst it you know get on the floor get down i don't know what's happening or if it looks good but i'm there doing something you know i'm having a go i'm having a good old go (laughs) I, I don't want to be like this, in. this feels like it's a dance interrogation because I, I will answer these questions as well don't worry yeah but when you go to <laughs> i've got i've got two questions both of them are like slightly on the awkward side but look right, i'll yeah, go yeah. My, the least awkward one first sure did you like dance as a child and then have a moment where you no longer because I feel like when everyone was a child, everyone everyone had the dance fire age seven-ish. And then at some point before you reach 15, that generally gets snuffed out, particularly if you're a young boy. Was that mm. your experience? Well, I mean, I guess all kids kind of just dance around and just move their bodies around and have fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that sort of thing. But yeah, no, I think the kind of older child, teenager, you know, when you get... Yeah. That, you get embarrassed about the idea of dancing and dancing isn't cool. And you stand at the side at the school disco and yeah. don't really get involved... Uh, and just drinking panda pops and that sort of thing. But again, and I don't want to keep recommending uh, doing this, but alcohol, the great saviour, uh, br- brings that um, <laughs> that childhood joy back. <laughs> That's the only way I can reclaim those days. Uh, and that is not a recommendation or an endorsement of drinking to the point where you lose your inhibitions. But that is the only way I will be seen dancing, unfortunately, with gusto. And then my last question then is... Who is my dance partner? <laughs> If you went to if you went to if you went to a like a gig like a concert now, oh yeah yeah okay. for a band now I'm not just talking about raving about and being thrown about and and give it a bit of that how's your father would you dance or is it more of that like kind of enhanced nod that becomes a full body gyration it's enhanced nod to the yeah. point where I mean I, I seldom actually jump at kind of moshy gigs I sort of but you, will you tap the toe though will the toe be tapped I will sort of go on my tip you know like <laughs> on my tiptoes and then go back down again so it looks like i'm sort of jumping a little bit and get this when you're tall like me and samar you can get away with that yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. even actually have to jump you can just kind of go oh and people are like oh wow he's like seven feet in the air <laughs> but i'm even a little bit self-conscious you know when you're like watching a gig and you're in a big crowd of people remember those yeah. days and you put your hands in the air to the kind of like sing a lot i don't know what i'm supposed to do with my hands once they're in the air do you kind of point to the rhythm of the lyrics or to yeah the- that's it you point to the lyrics you point to the beat of yeah. that it's funny because like i was like a very hyper little dancing child like until Aww. i was like, literally 12 years old and went to secondary school and for whatever reason i think like my school because i was an all boys school we didn't mm. have dances like we had one dance i think 
other than our... Did our... you not have, like, school disco type things? No, no, no. No. no we didn't. Like, uh. we had what we call Debs and ye call prom. We had that. Right. Yeah. And we had, like... Because a bunch of students were like, how can we never get to have any dances? Like, they literally asked and organized a dance the year before as well. <laughs> Just And it was like, you know, 50 guys going to a dance on their own type of a thing with, like... You know, <laughs> With four women, like, great, great idea, <laughs> Catholic all-boys boarding school. Uh, yeah, so I felt like I missed, like, there was this whole period where dancing was a non-factor. And I felt yeah. that had there been steady dancing opportunities throughout my teen years, it could have been a different story. Flash forward to when I was then, you know, in university mm. and would have been having a drink and provided with opportunities to dance, I would have been much the same, very, very hesitant to dance whatsoever. Even at gigs, I'd be a bit weird in dancing. Well, I remember your dancing technique from our days of sometimes going out, which would be to sort of stand still and just do a kind of a fist pump in the air. Just, yeah, just yeah. Th- that's and that's not that. I'd be lying if I said that that was dirty dancing, and that was that was the point of the of what I'd learned from Patrick Swayze to slowly fist pump in the corner and hope no one notices. But the pandemic, oh, there's that word. Yeah, it did one thing for sure, which is unleash the inner just dancer within me oh you've been doing just dance let me fucking tell you i I got that for joe the intern as either a christmas or a birthday present at some point in the haze of the pandemic you know what all months and time kind of stopped and i've danced more in the last year and a half that so i'm really excited to watch dirty Mm. dancing because i feel like i've got not a dancer's heart but I've got like like the sack that my of fluids that my heart is within. Yeah. It's inflamed with dance, you know. <laughs> You've got an inflamed heart, but that's good. That it's is a good thing. good thing. And I don't have an inflamed heart. It's okay. Now I want to bring up something to you. We were mentioning school dances and discos and things like that. Yeah, something just crossed my mind that I'd forgotten about. This was the concept that I had at school in secondary school of the all night disco at school. Something called the all night disco. Now at I, school, at school, yeah. And I, I was thinking about. It, I'm like, that doesn't seem like that was a thing that definitely happened, but it did. What? It did. And what, like, teachers had to go uh, on a night and look after fucking children dancing. It it was in the school, but it was like a... It went on, I think, all night. What? My memory of this is hazy, because, you know, classic all-night disco, mate, your memory's going to be hazy. (laughs) But I'm putting this out there to you to blow your mind, but also to just say, was this just me at my school? Because I Googled it. I Googled all-night disco, and the first thing that came up was my school (laughs) that I went to. Like, what is this like is this hyperbole though like was it literally all night or is it like oh until half past nine boys and girls like what is the time we're talking about here all night dis- right all night all <laughs> okay night. so i don't know when this uh this thing oh this is from 2015 this is a permissions form right the pta is organizing an all-night disco on friday whenever 2015 the event will start at 8 p.m on friday night and finish at 8 a.m on saturday morning what this was as recently as 2015 they were still doing this in asking to give your child permission to participate we'd like to assure you that as always the evening will be completely structured and very well staffed yeah so we we had an all night 8 p.m to 8 a.m disco at our school i don't know if any other schools did that but that's that seems like something you would do to like destroy dance in your school (laughs) if you're like i'll have all the dance in the world little boys and girls Uh, What's the you want to dance at six in the morning in school? Like, what the fuck? Fucking hell. Yeah. That is 
absolutely horrible. I'm surprised that that was still going as recently as 2015, if not more recently. That seems like the sort of thing that can't be allowed to ever happen again, surely. Like, uh. Anyway, Fucking there we hell. go. All night disco. So I'm pretty au fait with dancing, Sorry, mate. Did you go to these all night discos? I think one of my school bands, when I was in a band at school, performed at the all night disco. So. But like... Would you go to bed or like you'd be up there at six in the morning and like, oh, that's the bit all it's night. six in the morning in school. Yeah. Yeah. Was yeah, that yeah. not like a nightmare? Did everyone not get like headaches and have to like fucking crawl into a hole and die at the end of that? I don't think it was pleasant for anyone. No. I think there was some sleeping bag component. There, there might have been like a bit where you could go to sleep if you were knackered. This is fucking weird, yeah. Sam. I but the only evidence I can find of it is my school that I specifically my school that I went to and no other schools seem to have done this when i googled all night disco when i was a biology teacher yeah like anytime i tried to do like literally anything organize anything it was so <laughs> difficult uh, the two things i ever did was i took my class of year sevens to the natural history museum in london right and another time i took a level <laughs> students but not all night night at the museum not so. all night no <laughs> For a couple of hours. And then I took an A-level class to like a careers fair, like a right. science careers fair thing. And both times it was like every step of the way. It oh, was like red paint everywhere. Please, please don't take these children to the museum. Please don't. I will I'm the principal of your school and I would rather die than your A-level <laughs> students find out about career opportunities. No! No, don't, don't, no, absolutely not, no. And you're telling me there's motherfuckers rounding up children and keeping them on school grounds dancing until all hours in the morning? Oh, what are they going to learn? What are they going to learn that you should go to fucking sleep at night? Jesus. I'm not a very adventurous adult, but as an adult, I've never been out from... 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. I've never gone out all night. Oh, what, you've never been to an all-night night adult disco, you <laughs> big fucking loser. <laughs> ah, bizarre stuff. But I, yeah, I wanted to mention that to you, just to, to get your thoughts. Now, I would actually, I want to return to the fold and become a teacher again, just so I can organise people in my union to make sure this <laughs> never happens again. <laughs> like, to banish forthwith like uh. henceforth and forthwith great malice Fucking of hell. forethought yep um <laughs> have we got anything in the mailbag yeah let's go to the mailbag oh welcome to the mailbag so thank you so much for all your messages comments questions queries other stuff into cinemaswirl at gmail.com that's cinemaswirl at gmail.com one of the all-time email addresses one question today and it comes in from steve hi fellas hope you're good love the pod i have a question for you seeing as we are in an era of reboots which movie that you've covered on the pod would you like to see remade and which do you feel would be a crime to remake oh now Oh, we're coming hot off the heels of the popularity at the moment at the time of record of Squid Game. We've loved Squid Game and I've seen some discourse about, I know it's not a film and I'll, I'll get off this in a minute, some discourse around like, oh, there's going to be... Don't, don't flippantly throw the word love around. You know, Do you not I love like it? To, I liked it a lot, but like, right. you know, like literally anyone listening to this at any point other than the week it's released will go, we'll have forgotten oh, about it. Yeah. 
yeah. Oh, yeah, Squid Game. That was the flavour of Netflix gum that month before we <laughs> spat it out into the gutter of irrelevance. Well, I remember like hearing that it's going to become the most popular thing on Netflix ever behind Bridgerton. Really? I'm like, oh, yeah, wow. Bridgerton. I, I fucking forgot about Bridgerton. I never uh, even watched Bridgerton. See? Yeah, see? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> see? <laughs> But there's some discourse around like, oh, it's going to get remade by, you know, it's going to get an American remake. They'll miss the point. It'll be shit. And I'm like, well, no one, fairness, no one's proposed that. Yeah. And also, it's, it's pretty hard to miss the point of something as fucking broad stroke as that now. <laughs> Come on. Like, they could fucking go in blindfolded and not miss the point. But I, I like the contrarian I am, have taken the uh, the view now that just fucking remake everything. Who Like, it's not, it doesn't matter. Like, you can just re, you, can, you can remake things and it doesn't affect the original thing. And so, therefore, my answer to Steve's question, because I would fucking love to see someone try and do this, sincerely, the sheer brass balls of someone to do this. Would be to try and remake Citizen Kane. Just be like, I'm, I'm, it's been long enough. I'm going to have another go at that because I think that could be done better. I would love that. I would love it if someone stepped in and tried to do it. It'd be like you know he'd have the different headlines depending on who won the culture war because it's 2021. If if that was Quentin Tarantino's final film, that would be that would make me so happy. On your note of having the brazen brass balls yes. the size of grapefruits to do something like that, that how dare you? How about someone tries to remake The Wicker Man again? <laughs> like, you just t- try again. Keep going. Go on. Go do on. another one. Why not? All right, go on. Look, last time, all being said, no one could predict what happened last time. No one would actually think... <laughs> Like, so that has to mean it's some sort of a magical formula. You remake it and you get instant something. Yeah, you Do get that. something different every time. Yeah. It would in. actually be a genuine crime. Imagine, imagine remaking something like The Big Lebowski, but try and make it like socially relevant for 2021. Oh, yeah. Yeah, though I mean there instead, are some instead of like bowling, it's all like fidget spinners or something <laughs> like that. Like you know, 2021. Yay! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I've come around. To, uh, there was a time where I thought, oh, if you remake something, it'll be like sacrilege or it'll ruin it. And I'm like, nah, there's enough space now for a million fucking films to come out on every other streaming service. And there's so much content. I'm like, just re- just remake everything for a laugh. Some of them might be yeah. funny. Some of them might actually be good. And like, what's the worst that can happen? Like genuinely, because like I think I said before, my favorite movies of all time when we did it on this podcast was Total mm. Recall. And yeah. they made a really bad Total Recall yeah. remake with Colin Farrell doing a really really bad job at it like and i did and i never watched it and there I'm was mad. a remake of point break really yes yeah wow what the fu- look what's the point in getting up in arms with any remake because they've remade yeah. fucking point break i mean obviously in an ideal world there'd be more budget and blah 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 you know given to unique ideas and original concept obviously that you know we, we would like yeah. some new fresh film. but if you're gonna remake stuff just fucking remake everything because what happens is when everyone gets up in arms about people remaking stuff yeah people who are in big hollywood movie companies see all the social traffic and think that <laughs> means that it's engagement and no matter what anyone who's got a social media background tells you there's no way to really discern good engagement from the dreaded bad engagement and like look as it's proven when they did things like remake robocop if you just ignore it it'll go away yeah i bet you i bet you didn't remember there was a robocop remake until i just told you now right but it it was done we all together we pretended it didn't happen didn't we and grant so there you go 
there you go. Just do it if you fancy it, and then we'll all just move on from it. Unless it happens to be good, in which case, great. You know what, Sam? I dare you, Hollywood. Have a fucking go. I dare you. Look at every single one of our back catalogue. Remake every remake. single fucking <laughs> one. And remake Point Break again. Yeah. Remake the remake of Point Break. <laughs> remake Fast and the Furious. And... <laughs> Keep the original series still going. So there's two series and go a Final Fantasy on it, yeah? I wonder if that's happened yet. I Actually, with horror films, that's probably happened, where there's been like a reboot and also the original series is still sort of going in the background and they all follow, you know. Background. Well, with the, the juggling of rights with all the various Marvel characters, yeah. that's what we're getting with Spider-Man and all the properties oh, yeah, that yeah. Sony and Marvel have like wrestled over the last few years. But it's not really that fun, is it? It's just like, you know, you're like, wow, this is crazy, isn't it? Like, yeah, it is because like legal wrangling has necessitated it to be crazy as opposed to like a movie where the people just like are there and stuff you know it's, yeah. it's grand <laughs> <laughs> so thank you very much Steve for your question and that, that's it for the mailbag this time but if you've got any questions queries comments send them on over to cinemaswell at gmail.com we'll zip up that mailbag we'll put it in the closet behind our shoes which are ironically right next to our dancing shoes yeah strap them on and let's tap our way onto first class of the fucking swayze express bracket swayze train all aboard let's go do a cinema swirl Sam and Nishel good react. I thought it was quite good. Hey! Um, I'll talk about it with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they use that a lot, don't they? They do a lot more than you think they would. You snookered me there because my initial gut reactions was going to be just launching into... I thought the film was quite good, but because you did it for your bit, I then I, I was all over the place. I was lost. I had to improv my way out, and it went badly wrong. But I, you know, I thought that was quite good. <laughs> it, it doesn't work as well when I'm not singing it. I'll pick up on some of those terms later, much yeah. as the qualifying word "quite" before "good." Quite and good. How we got on there. That was quite but, good. Uh, this is a breezy, breezy, light as air movie. I think that is one of the best things you could say about it. This is such a yes. fucking the opposite of difficult to watch in every single respect of it. I think we mentioned yeah. this before. There's certain movies we've done on Cinema Swirl where you could conceivably fall asleep at any moment. And then wake up at any other moment and go, and then you'd be fine. Like that initial bit where you're like, oh, I'm awake and I'm watching a movie. But then you'll be gently lulled back into whatever it may be that's going on in the movie. This is absolutely one of those. And I might argue, depending on how this goes, you might be able to do that with this episode of the podcast. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> <laughs> I do worry sometimes we've, we've had people message us and say mm. that they like fall asleep listening to the podcast yeah but I will be lying if I said that either of us consider that in the general back and forth that we're doing here that someone may be asleep like you yeah know? I mean we could be teaching people like French or something in their sleep we could do some like educational stuff that seeps in <laughs> whether but we're not gonna we're just gonna chat a little sideways look at some popular films is what we'll be doing in in your sleep you who's about to go to sleep now. 
resting on your pillow. If you squint and look sideways, the year of vaguely the 80s, which Sam says kind of looks like the early 60s, which well, is where right. we are for Dirty Dancing. <laughs> yes. So my expectations were confounded because, you know, we've got be my, be my baby starting us off. We're in the early 60s. So my whole thing about thinking this was in the 80s is out of the window. So I initially thought, well, maybe my thing about dancing being banned was not so stupid after all. Turns out it was stupid. Yeah, it was a little, little bit high stakes there. And I'm pretty sure that may be the plot of Footloose, which is a okay. different movie with dance. That's what I was thinking of. At the centre of it. Have you seen Footloose? I've not seen Footloose, no. no. Okay. Oh, actually, we, we never really touched on your relationship with this movie. When did you first encounter Dirty Dancing? I only watched Dirty Dancing for the first time, like, I think it was like a year or two ago. Okay. Like, me and Joe were looking for a movie to put on. I'm pretty sure it was a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, so yeah. we were after something that was light to counterbalance the heavy brunch that was about to be ingested. Okay. And the main thing I know about this, and the reason why it was always in my kind of mind, is yeah. in Trailer Park Boys, which is a Canadian series and very near and dear to my heart from way back, one of the characters in it bears a strong resemblance to Patrick Swayze in the movie Dirty Dancing. And there's just lots of little references and nods to Dirty Dancing. So when I finally watched the movie, I was like kind of like very excited in the way that I'm sure you were when you watched a lot of the movies in early episodes, which are heavily referenced in things. Oh, oh yeah, I don't understand that reference now. But generally speaking, I ended up forgetting about any and all relationship to Julian and the Trailer Park Boys because I just had a great old time with this. Yeah. And it's something much like boiled eggs and black coffee that I've come around to in my more mature years. Right. And there would have been a time that a younger Kevin would have scoffed tutted and rolled his eyes at the concept of seeing a light movie with Patrick Swayze. And those days, thankfully, are long and truly behind me. I'm glad that I get to enjoy Dirty Dancing. I actually got a big soft spot for this movie. I was genuinely excited to watch it again. And <laughs> I may or may not have had that in the back of my mind where I feigned indignation about how the lovely Cinema Swirl fan base may or may not have voted in the previous <laughs> vote. I just want to touch on the title sequences, which, which are quite cool. You know, the slow-mo, sexy black and white dancing. But the thing I want to touch on is the font. You know, the Dirty Dancing font? That's pretty yeah. iconic stuff. That's reproduced on Primark Pajamas level movie logo, isn't it? That's like, that's proper, you know. I'm you can pretty sure it. you could go to Primark and get a pair of pajamas that say Dirty Dancing on them. Yeah. I'm yeah, fairly yeah. certain you could do that. Perhaps in America you could do it in one of your Wall or Kmarts. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure that has been done. Also, 100%. I'm pretty sure this is the font they used on the Dirty Dancing stage show I saw advertised during my recent trip to Blackpool. <laughs> <laughs> must be inexpensive to license that font which you know i might have to do when i do the artwork <laughs> for this episode Ooh. <laughs> but look it's not the summer of love it's just the summer of 1963 and yes. some people happen to be in love it's also the summer that the title character has been referred to by everyone as baby and she yep. didn't think there was anything wrong with that that's a fucking weird nickname i'm going to say it right now i always go as far as to say baby is a term of endearment is also like i would never use it myself right you know unless something so radical happened that i had to close my eyes and say oh baby to baby. myself Baby, baby. baby. Like if someone brought in like a really big pizza to the surf meet, I would have to <laughs> oh, say, baby. oh, baby, you know? <laughs> 
Or if like the miracle of life happened, oh, it's a baby. You know, I do that as well. I'm fine with baby as a term of endearment between a couple of people, a couple probably. But for everyone in your life to refer to you as baby as a nickname, something's gone wrong there. I'm not (laughs) not entirely The question I have for you, Sam, is how did she get the nickname baby? Is it because she acts like a big fucking baby, a big baby? I wonder how that... Maybe there's a prequel where that's been explained, but yeah. So we've established that this is Baby, so I'm anticipating she's going to go in a corner or, ooh, we got a corner, she's going to take a corner. <laughs> it's sort of David Beckham moment or something. I don't think she's going to be doing any free kicks. But this is Baby, she's going to end up in a corner and the family are all on a summer holiday down at, like, American Centre Parks slash Butlins, maybe? <laughs> I it's think. Kellerman's. Come on, yeah, man. You've been, been to a Kellerman's? My God. All you can eat mayonnaise. It's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> like, already straight away, like, I mean, they're doing a bit of, like, line dancing and stuff and having some enforced fun. Hey, we're all, we're all dancing. We're all having a fun holiday Decidedly time. Decidedly non-dirty dancing, basically. But we do get a little hint of the light motif peppered in straight away pretty early doors we get a little bit of that on the old tickled ivories tell me now what is your thoughts slash experience with the idea i know you've been to your center parks but i'm talking more like a place like this that is hotel with the entertainment and the staff putting the the main foot forward like that's what's meant to entertain you not the not the facilities necessary Mm. but the the personalities and the staff and yeah you know they've they've got an on-site singer they got an on-site funny man ha ha what have you been to a holiday like this not much experience of the personality-led holiday although i don't want to out myself as a big old posho but i i have been in my youth on a cruise holiday with my family and there were some you know cruise holiday cruise i've got questions yeah sure how does never come up on any of the tom cruise specials we've done on her (laughs) here or on cinema swill is beyond me like i said so many times you were going on a hypothetical or figurative cruise and you weren't like speaking of cruises you know you missed the opportunity several times it's that guilt Uh, I I need to know what's it like being on a cruise holiday. Is there what age were you slash was there elements of cabin fever at any point? Because that's the thing that would surely get to you is the idea that even though oftentimes in the holidays in similar situations that are not nautical, you would not leave the place. But the the knowledge that you can't leave the place does that weigh on you at all? So yes, there was a, a little bit of that cabin fever thing, especially when there are no windows in your cabin and you're staying on twin beds with your older brother in the cabin with you and that's the nature of how that setup works so there's like a a parent's cabin with a nice balcony and then me and my brother in a kind of at sea cell in the brig basically (laughs) is where you and your brother were pushed essentially Uh, and also i I think i was a bit seasick so that wasn't great and especially when you can't really see anything outside but the room is wobbling and moving and was there any like entertainers who are like threatening in a fun way to throw people overboard because you couldn't get away with that these days i don't think there was not any of that but there were like there was like a kids club that i think i went to at, at some point that yeah. did like oh, we're all gonna have fun and do games and watch red hot chili peppers music videos because that's the cool music of the time so that was great well we know where he gets it from now <laughs> huh? 
Well, we know. We know where he gets it from now. And they were like cruise ship comedians, which is the best genre of comedians. You know, the kind of... Yeah, I am... Um, I was going to think about it. I did a photo shoot thing with Joe for, for just like models for a website thing a while ago and the person we did it with she was like a singer slash entertainer on a cruise ship and sh- she had like words to the effect of it's the worst job <laughs> ever but you get to sing on a ship so like you know uh, you, you know, uh, yeah. you know. but it is the worst the worst job ever actual worst job ever so yeah, yeah. there's very few things that you can put the phrase at sea at the end of and yeah. it doesn't immediately make it worse for me and I like <laughs> or, the sea or cruise ship before anything makes it sound <laughs> bad <laughs> that would be my only experience of like the kind of personality led holiday but even then that wasn't that much the case so I've not really experienced this ever in my have you had any of this? I mean I've certainly been to hotels where there is a staff right. who were kind of wrestling with the majority of the guests to get them engaged yeah like (laughs) it's kind of like the saddest thing in the world when you're on holiday in a place and there's literally 500 people by a pool and there's one person walking around going does anyone want to do water polo like this is my actual job guys come on now someone do do some fucking water like my favorite thing in the world is (laughs) the different ways in which entertainers react to that lack of enthusiasm because mm. i remember on turkey one time i was there was like some of the entertainer people would walk around and be like hey you want to do any events no probably not because you're all a bunch of fat pieces of trash like, like like straight off Whoa. like you're too fucking good for morning yoga aren't you you piece of shit like and that i enjoy a lot and then there's yeah. like you know other people who just kind of like very quietly are like anyone want to anyone want to any, anyone no, want to play no, darts no no, no it's all right We'll leave it there then, you know. The world of the holiday rep is something I've not meshed with that much, but I, I would love to. I watched enough serious documentaries about that on Sky One back in the early noughties mm. to know that it's a troubled life, Sam, I think. And now that I'm no longer 18 to 30, I think I've missed it. <laughs> dodged, <laughs> dodged a bullet a bit. <laughs> Sam Chaplin leaves the key demographic. <laughs> I've certainly never had the experience of the sort of old man owner of the resort gathering all the waiters to tell them to romance the daughters even in his words the dogs which is not a great thing to say but don't touch them mixed fucking messages here from the the boss man isn't he yeah i watch you all over him like a cheap suit but hands off don't have any sex but make them feel like you're gonna have sex with them so he just wants (laughs) he wants to create a fucking never-ending cycle here is what he wants here of wanting desire and no needs of any sort this is peculiar what is and of course these are all college kids as well yeah believe that yeah The kind of kids who you'd call college if that was a thing that people did anymore. I love that, like, in the 60s, being a college kid basically, like, implied that you were an upper-class yacht-house-dwelling twit. Yeah. As opposed to someone who thinks that maybe I could become a geographer in three years' time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a bunch of Ivy League boys to create this perpetual cycle of horny families, I guess, every year that comes through this place and then leaves uh, unfulfilled and feeling weird, but feeling like they got some attention. Is that the idea? I don't know. I think that's, think that's the idea. That's the, part of the experience. Part of the experience. Yeah. And uh-oh, who's here to look at that rule book, thumb through oh. it because they are polite, but then rip it up because they don't play by anybody's rules. It's none other than Choo Choo Patrick Swayze train himself. Johnny's in the house with a bunch of fucking bad 
boys. It's the entertainment staff. And in lieu of the rule book that they have torn up, they've got their own rule book because they don't play by anyone's rules. But they, they've got their own rule book. They've got their own rule book. They yeah. don't play by it. They don't play by it. it. No, they got yeah. us. <laughs> they throw away your rule book, have their own rule book, and then throw away their own rule book. There are and no in rules. your rule book, it would probably say things like, no dirty dancing. <laughs> yeah. And they would ignore that because it's been torn up and they can't even read it. And in their rule book, it might as well say, dirty dance if you must. But it doesn't yeah. matter because they're not paying attention to that rule book. No. Leather jackets if you want. You know, be sexy Patrick Swayze. Not really sure how old he's supposed to be in this or how old he is in this. He is 35. Right. Is the character 35? The character, I don't know. No, okay. When I was watching this with Joe, Joe was telling me that he was meant to be like a teen heartthrob. Like he was meant to be like, you know, like 18 or 17, like baby yeah. is. And I think baby is meant to be like 17 slash like 18. Yeah. But yeah, they're both closer to their mid-30s IRL at this right, point okay. in time. So... <laughs> It's not quite as egregious as Greece was with like just old men like, hey kids, what's up? But Patrick Swayze does look a bit older than he's hey perhaps kids, meant to be. Do you ever have chills up your spine because <laughs> you're old like me, John Travolta? <laughs> but Patrick's in he's in very good nick, is what I would say here. You know. Regardless of age, he's just very handsome and good looking and kind of smooth <laughs> he was sewn guy. into those pants yeah those pants which if they were up any higher would be straight up under his oxters he's got <laughs> a high waist on those it's like a young michael flatley looked at those and went oh yeah okay maybe i should do that with dance pants as opposed to just regular pants like swayze's rocking here and i will say this as well and i'm not like usually in line for paying very much attention to people's feet yeah. But someone points out to me that his feet are very small seeming in this movie. In that <laughs> he has very, del- very delicate contact with the floor. Right. You know? Small it, seeming. It, it's, I think it could be because the height of the pants might actually yeah. kind of cause like an optical illusion uh, on the actual, right. on the width of the foot. But it seems like his foot, I'm not going to say dainty or even yeah. petite feet, but I would say he seems to have slight feet. Right, smaller than you might expect. Yes. I wasn't paying attention, but now I want to go back and be like, what's up with his feet? Are they? He's got little feet. Look, I wouldn't want you putting your rating on wiki feet half-cocked and not knowing <laughs> like, what you're actually doing here now. So I would say, yes, go back and watch the movie and pay attention yeah. this time. And then Google Patrick Swayze feet, see what you find. Unfortunately, Baby, she hasn't been paired up with Swayze. She's been paired up for this dance later on with the dorky grandson of the owner. Oh, he's a dud, Sam! He's this kind of arty ziff kind of character. <laughs> it was really unpleasant. I love the very, like, tired and sad depiction of what culture was in the 60s through Mm. the lens of the 80s because i think if you look back in time now people would think that the 60s was rocking and that the 80s was tacky but that ain't the case all here they're telling the 60s is this low energy old man tito suarez doing a little bit of a (laughs) bit of tat yeah calling that tap now what what's this movie's (laughs) problem with tap all right like dirty dancing i resent the fact that you have to like to lionize your form of dancing dirty as it is you have to tear down the pillars of dance including soft tap and tio suarez he's just doing a little bit of this a little bit of the old soft shoe two-step and they treat him like he's the fucking devil (laughs) 
it's very low energy tap. It's very low energy tap. It's the sort of tap where you'd have to go to the plumber if you had a tap that low energy in your household. It's the type of tap where you do jazz hands to distract away from your feet. <laughs> But it's also the type of tap where, like, you will gingerly move one left foot out, but then it'll somehow go... Yeah. With one step! How did he do that? I think Tito's on the fucking gas! Through the, through the magic process of film editing, <laughs> the, the uh, tap dancing is coming out here. Now Swayze busts into this lame dance and does some of his proper shit. You know, flash dance mixed with MC Hammer shit. He, he comes in and does like the, you know, the real stuff. I really appreciate that the management, like they know how to inject a bit of oomph. They literally yeah. spike the party with Swayze. With good dance. And I like how they are referred to by the tops. Like, oh, them. They're dance people. They're not the like you and people. I. <laughs> I'm like, quite right they are. They are the dance people. They're doing a great dance. Dance people who are very much the sex people of their day. <laughs> I couldn't keep my eyes off Patrick Swayze and his dance partner, and neither could Baby. She was proper having a look at Swayze. Been like, oh, who's this guy? What's his deal? He's cool. He can dance. He's got a kind of an intensity about him, Swayze, though. Almost like a, a workman-like approach to his dance. Like, he's here to do the mambo and do it justice. He ain't here to smile. He ain't here to dance. Well, he is here to dance, but, you know, yeah. you know what I mean. He's not, You know what I mean? Like, not literally. He is actually literally here to dance. He's a professional putting in a shift. He's clocking on. Yeah. <laughs> like, if there, if there was a steam whistle to be honked at the end of that mambo, it wouldn't have been out of place. That is on the clock dance, is what that is. That's like, I'm coming in, I'm dancing, I'm getting out, I've done my duty. I, once I'm done with that mambo, I'm just going to slide down this brontosaurus yeah. and get the fuck out of here. And you've got to imagine, he's done a few of those, you know, that day on a shift. That, that's probably mambo number five of all the ones that he's... Uh... <laughs> Oh, thank you. So later on, fucking Newman from Seinfeld is doing a magic show. Oh, I love this. I love this so fucking much. Yeah. Like, why is it that Baby, just by being like, I don't know, a sucker, gets roped into doing like what appears to be a staff job? Like, and she ain't, <laughs> yeah. she isn't even union. Like, she's not, she, I don't know, she's not paid her dues or anything. She's just <laughs> clocking on out of nowhere. And in this magic show, they mm. saw her in half yeah. and then make sex jokes and then give her a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> and there's like a general meanness about it. Like, you know, they're going to take that chicken away right afterwards. And she's yeah. like, you'll get to enjoy it. <laughs> I don't, why do they give her a chicken at the end of it? It's <laughs> a chicken. <laughs> And I fucking love Newman's little bit of stand-up. Oh, man, I love this. My favourite type of stand-up is, like, extreme profuse sweating. Like, <laughs> kind of... kind of. It's not dying to death, but if this no. man doesn't keep going 100 miles an hour, he will keel over and die in this stand-up set, like... The jokes are landing, but he still looks like he's really struggling with it, even though it's kind of going well. The, I finally met a girl like my mother, dresses like her, acts like her. I brought her home. My father doesn't like her. A joke that ends with go figure is always good in my books. Any joke that ends with outstretched arms <laughs> and a laugh that could very easily become a little cry is always yeah. great. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I did have this feeling when I was watching this. I don't know if it's because I was tired or had a headache or something. It does take on a kind of weird dreamlike quality oh, sometimes, yeah. Dirty Dancing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's part of the holiday setting, that it's contained in this its own little weird world. I mean, but I'll like, tell you, some of them entertainment evens would get pretty fucking goddamn intense, you know? Yeah. 
You tell the traditional Greek dancers that no one wants to dance with them. They're going to circle the room three more <laughs> times until they find 12. They will fucking do it. They don't care if you're eating your dinner. They're going to find them. Well, speaking of surreal stuff, long watermelons, are they commonplace? I've only ever seen the circular watermelons. I've never seen the big, the yeah, long boys. Thing. You get yeah, big long boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never seen a long boy. Although my only experience with a big, long watermelon yeah. is that when I was in China for a brief period uh, studying bears, yeah. and everyone who was working with me, they were all vegetarians, so they were very excited that they found a, a local fruit man who drove around in a cart and had fruit, and they brought in one of these big, long watermelons, like it was going to be the biggest tree ever, and they yeah. cracked into it, and it was all rotten inside, and loads of flies uh. came out, and... <laughs> Since then, I've not really... I, I mean, I'm not going to say, oh, I never had watermelon ever again. I was never a big fan of it to begin with. But that no. pretty much was like, not a nail in a coffin, but that was basically smoothing over the top layer of soil on the grave, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but now I've never seen these long boys, but there's a lad heading up to a secret, you know, house party type thing. He's carrying, Sam! Carrying secret a bunch dance of house long watermelons baby offers to carry one they come into this party and they, this is off the clock dancing alright there's oh, a yeah. big difference with this dancing it's all sexy everyone's touching each other's bums a bit that's how you know it's sexy because there's a bit of grabbing going on a lot of people not wearing their top the lighting yeah. is low there is an ambient mist in the air it may or yes. may not be perspiration that has turned into a gas we don't know <laughs> Who knows what it is but there's a real sense in the air that this is dirty dancing and right. these people like you should fucking see what they'll do to them watermelons in a few moments they're working <laughs> up an appetite that's all i'll say they'll fucking demolish the flesh and then they'll turn on the rind yeah that's why they need the long ones they need quantity over quality when it comes to watermelons also patrick swayze's character name johnny castle <laughs> Not quite Johnny Utah. No, but, but it's, it's, it's very much a porn star yeah. name, though. It's in a Johnny Castle. Johnny like. Castle. Yeah, yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> Johnny and the blonde lady who he dances with, Penny, they aren't a couple. No. She's a former rockette as well. Yes. I'm a former croquette. A potato croquette. You are what you eat. I've eaten a lot of potato croquettes. Oh, now aren't they good, though? They are good. They are really they good. Are. So now that Baby knows that they're not an item, she's having a, a right look at Swayze and enjoying the raucous atmosphere, which you get the sense, you know, it's maybe a sheltered, rich girl. She's not used to this sort of thing. But she wants to join the Peace Corps and save the world. And if mm. you want to bring peace to the world in the mid-60s, you better get used to some fucking hips been moved around because that's the, <laughs> that's the language of war, okay? And she gets a one-on-one -on -one with Johnny C., yeah. And it's all hip-based, baby. You hip, and then you go down low, and then you come back up again. Now, the only thing I would say about that is that doing that Johnny Castle move one or two times quite quickly after a dinner, after yes. a dinner, I would definitely fart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an accordion action is what you're doing there, you know? It's a dance you need to do on an empty stomach, and I wouldn't normally advise that, but really in that case... You don't want a dirty dance and get a stitch. No, no, you, you don't. I want to touch on when Swayze first comes over to be like, who's this? Why have you brought her here? And baby's line, which is just, I carried a watermelon. And then getting really frustrated at herself for having just said, like, all she could muster was, I carried a watermelon. It's very sweet. He's so 
fucking intense, Johnny, isn't he? He's really Everything intense. Is an argument. God damn it. Ah, he's, he's going to fucking explode this guy. And the dancing they do together is just him pointing out, saying, make eye contact with me. I'm just going to thrust at you, get low, thrust myself at you for a few minutes. How to describe his tutelage in the funnest way possible. Yeah. He lets you know that dance is not as fun as you think it is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, it's a lot more work than you'd think. But yeah. he's got very fun trousers on and little clip-clop shoes. He's not doing loads of teaching, really, is he? He's just doing lots of, like, intense eye contact. I think he's trying to transfer dance knowledge psychically to yes. you. Yeah, uh, and it seems you to be You can't working. prove that it doesn't work. No, no. <laughs> Okay, I need to point this out because when Joe and I watched this movie, she said that if we went on holiday and this was an event, she'd genuinely be fucking delighted. Right. Basically, a big old box of wigs and all the people just get to like put them on as a guy walks around and tells them they all look fabulous and great. <laughs> I couldn't work out what the purpose of that event was. You put Do you on want the to wig. It'd be like if you had different hair. You brush great, it. You look great, like you, you know? do it up. Someone comes around, and says you look nice. That's the event. I mean, fine. Yeah, great. It was the sixties. They didn't have iPads then, so you just did stuff like that. <laughs> you know, nowadays that would be a Snapchat filter. That's exactly. Those are the Snapchat <laughs> yeah. filters of their day. You know, you had to go to Kellerman's to do that. All the way out to Kellerman's. You had to go to yeah. Kellerman's Mountain. It is a mountain retreat, we should point out as well. Yeah, yeah. We get introduced as well to Vivian Pressman, and we get to hear through all the kind of the seedy underbelly that this owner is always talking about. Mm. He's like Vivian Pressman over there, her husband. He's a big deal. He plays in the card game. He comes down only once a week. We call her a bungalow bunny. It's because we send young men to have sex with her. Yeah, there's, there's a real seediness to this mountain resort, isn't there? Oh, yeah. It was plenty dirty in America before the summer of love, let me tell you. Long before they murdered JFK, people were doing all sorts now. <laughs> and you know that Artie Ziff grandson of the owner? You mean the catch of the county? <sighs> catch of the county. He's just so, so insufferable, this guy. You say catch of the county when stood of the state was right there in your lap. <laughs> It's absolute pathetic jerk behaviour. And so instantly we know, like, this guy's not the guy. This know? guy's the mensch of the municipality over here is what he is, you know? Yes. And Penny, the dance partner, she's kind of missing from what's going on. Everyone's saying, oh, she's she's taking a break. She needed a break. She's intense as well, mind. She's quite intense like Johnny. Yeah. She refers to, like, she's like, oh, you know, baby goes up to her and she's like, wow, you, you're a dancer. You're a former raquette. That's amazing. She's like, Psh, yeah, I've been on my own since I'm 16 been dancing ever since like fucking hell all right quite a terse exchange you know it quite, is. again yeah. this movie demands its dancers be taken fucking seriously they're not mm. here to have a good time yeah and catch of the county brings baby into the kitchen of the county to say would you like a snack of the century you could have whatever you want because i'm the grandson of the owner you can have, what would you like what can i get you but she's she ain't hungry and she can see what the grandson doesn't notice that penny dance partner is just sat in there crying have an awful time. Oh, and we, we also see as well mm. my favorite character in the movie, Baby's sister Lisa, not her, who is all. Yeah. Baby's sister. She's her li her younger sister, and her name is Baby. Baby's Baby's baby sister. Yeah. Ba baby. Baby's baby sister. <laughs> baby, baby sister Lisa. Sister of Lisa. 
she you see her she's with one of these tough boys and she's having oh, a yeah. pretty rubbish time even though like she's a lot more kind of of the mainstream headspace of folks at the time because i think they're asked earlier like at dinner they say to baby like oh what are you gonna do and like oh well my little girl's gonna change the world she's gonna join the peace corps and then like what's lisa gonna do she's like oh, she'll probably make it pretty or something and lisa's like yes i will yeah, <laughs> yeah she's been having a good time with is it robbie Yo, she's having a bad time with Robbie. Robbie's a piece of shit. He doesn't deserve Lisa. Yeah, well, turns out Penny, the dance partner, is pregnant and Johnny, he gets very offended as they're all rushing over to sort this out. That oh, baby, you think it's mine? Like, yeah, oh, you assume oh. that. You yeah. assume the man in the leather jacket and the cool hair is the father of this child. It's not. It's that no good, rotten, tough boy who's going around breaking everyone's heart in spite of the direction he was given by his line manager. And we cut to the next day. This is like where I think Baby is a fucking sap, right? Because there's one mm. thing being friendly with staff and there's one thing like, you know, getting to be part of the gang and all that. They literally have her filling fucking glasses on breakfast now. She's just doing their job. She doesn't get the chicken anymore. Come on. She wants wants to help she's a good helper but she so because of her connection with her sister and this robbie guy she's like i know that guy i'll have a word with him he, he's got money he'll pay for, for what you need and uh i mean Pe penny wants to get an abortion is the thing and this, for a film of its time this is handled remarkably sensitively and not judgmentally yeah. which is kind of wild quite an intense you know route to go in terms of the mm -hmm. story but they don't kind of baby around with it and kind of no. make it out to be a less of a deal to, so it doesn't jar with the rest of the movie. It, it absolutely fits in there. It, it's a, a little bit of real right there is what it is. But I will say, when that boy whipped out this book called The Fountainhead, which he quoted from, and then just like said it's a really, really great book, you should read it. I just assumed it's one of those evil texts that people read and then become a right-wing troll or hate right, yeah, vaccines yeah. or try and kill John Lennon or one of those things. <laughs> the catcher in the rye. You should read this. I've made some notes in the margin about how everyone's a phony and I want to kill John Lennon. <laughs> no, but it comes out that, yeah, he's just being an absolute piece of shit asshole, this Robbie guy. And Baby, quite rightly, is like, stay the fuck away from me, the fuck away from my sister, or I'll have you fired. Pours water down his trousers. Good stuff from Baby there. Yeah, throwing a drink in someone's face. That's a pretty good move. Good move and all that. Pouring a jug down their trousers. Because <laughs> yeah. people are going to see him and think that he did the biggest piss of his life and he didn't make it to the toilet. They'll be like, ah, you pissed yourself. <laughs> and ah. you missed out on your biggest one. You didn't even get to see it. <laughs> you didn't even know what color it was. You know nothing about it. It's just in your trousers like an idiot. Your shit, ah, mate. Your ah. shit. Ah, your shit pissing. Hey, you see him over there? He could even do his biggest piss ever into the bowl. He did it in his trousers like a yuppie youngster. And so Baby, wanting to help out, being a good, helpful person, even though, like, Penny and indeed Johnny were a bit like, just leave us alone, you know, you can't help us. In the nicest way possible, they were all like, oh, you know, that's this kind is, of... Yeah, oh, this is not really your concern, you know, get out of here. But she goes to her dad to ask for $250 in the 60s and won't say what it's for. Oh, it's probably to get a 100% mortgage in the 60s because that's how cheap <laughs> houses were. 
Oh yeah, here you go. Here's health insurance and a yeah. pension as well because you were born 50 years earlier. At, at this point in my notes, I was saying, what a nice dad because he doesn't press... What a nice rich dad, really. He doesn't press for what it's for, really. He wants to know, but when she's like, I can't tell you, he's fine with it, and he hands over the money and says, as long as it's nothing illegal, here you go. Which I thought, oh, that's nice at that point. That being said, in America at the time, I'm pretty sure that wouldn't have been legal. At least I'm not sure where she was, but... Yeah. I know it's, it wasn't until the 70s where it became more of a, a widespread thing. So again, controversy abounds. Well, they're having to go to like a kind of, I guess, back street doctor or something like that. It's someone who's a not... back alley quack. Yeah, which is not what you want, for, especially not for this sort of thing. But Baby gives Penny the money, which she refuses because they can only get an appointment on the Thursday. And the Thursday is the day of the big performance, the big because show. you idiots don't even realise that they have to dance at several venues yes. all at once. And if they don't do this show, that jeopardises their salary and their employment for the next season so they've got to do this there's no way this can be missed and i'm pretty sure she's given no real indication other than the brief minute or so of one-to-one she had with swayze at the dirty dancing party but pretty much decided yeah all right then if you think you're so great why don't you fucking do it you know as well as giving us the 250 dollars train and become a professional dancer you know can't someone replace her and then they're saying baby can't do the merengue now i don't know how merengue is spelled because i i I spelled it meringue and i hope that was good enough (laughs) (laughs) and they kind of say oh she can't do it she can't dance and then classic you know bicycle joke cut to swayze and baby practicing for the dance it's happening oh and he's even stricter now as well and yeah he's so strict he's given her all this instruction it's so much to take on and she gets a little nervous she steps on his foot and this is where i would have if it had not already happened in the movie I've written down <laughs> wipeout. Wipe How do we get wipeout in this, but not in fucking Point Break, the surfing movie? Because this is what plants the seed in his head. That's what makes right. him go off and plan yeah, okay. a string of robberies, like, you know? Dancers that go from venue to venue, or surfers that go from bank to bank. You be the judge. <laughs> and it's a fun montage of baby practicing, getting frustrated, and trying to get better. Although, you know, because this is a romantic film, part of the dancing training and this is uh patrick swayze's school of weird dancing training is putting her hand on his heart on each other's hearts and just going to each other to like hear the heartbeat i think that's just to you know did your subtitles say ga gunk because mine did they said g-a-g-u-n-k ga ga gunk yeah fucking monsters yeah I think you had your subtitles mixed up with the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards. <laughs> <laughs> Gah, gunk. Oh, another banger here, though, right? This belter. is fucking belter. Yeah. Feel the music. Feel the heartbeats. Because you're hungry as what look could do with a bad Hungry Fucking brilliant. One of the Tom Waits originals, Hungry Eyes. <laughs> I tell you what now, it's coming though, isn't it? The competence. She's learning the fundamentals, yeah. feeling the music, heartbeats, and also 
Very important dance, space. Get the fuck away from me, yeah? This is my dancing space. This is your dancing space. Don't come in my space. But we also have to be really close to each other. Sorry, I have a question, Patrick. Could I call it my dance zone? Because I feel more comfortable with a zone than a space. Yeah. I mean, these dance montages are really pretty good. There's quite a few of them in this film, but this is a really good montage. There's obviously a lot of, like, sexuality to them. There's closeness. Hips and legs and shirtless Swayze and closeness and, like, close shots of, like body parts being close together but, you st- but you're you see that's the thing that there's this beautiful conflict here that they mm. are they have to be super close and sensual and be touching yeah. each other's bodies because of the dance but it's verboten because he's the teacher they have to learn it's stressful and if you know she looked at patrick swayze he went gee you are something he get all fucking annoyed and be like oh we have to start all over again come on let me put it back on the start Hungry, guys, come on. Gagunk, 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 gagunk. <laughs> Repeat after me, gagunk. Also, if Baby was hoping to kind of get in some or and or on this old vacation before she heads off to the fucking Peace Corps, yeah. it's a stressful goddamn oh, holiday God. of all time. Yeah, and the weather's not treating them brilliantly because when they want to kind of head out, I think they get a bit frustrated with the dancing and they want a little break. All right, let's get out of here. Oh, yeah, and this is the bit of the movie where I'm like, he breaks into his car and this is where I'm like, ah, look at him, his fucker with his big stupid car. Oh, wait, no, of course it's the 60s. He would have actually had to have had a car like that. Yeah. Being an actual grease man, you know? I can't do an impression of the noise, but the foley of him smashing the window open with a big log, basically. Yeah, it's a uh, gagunk, I believe it was. Gagunk. <laughs> uh, it's a funny noise, is all I want to say. So it's time to practice lifts. And there's only one way to do this, which is to go straight up Karate Kid style. you got to yeah. go onto some logs. I'm telling! And they may go into the lake and practice. I'm telling! <laughs> and they're, they're basically breaking all the rules. Oh. Damn near can't make it up quick enough for them to break them again. Probably breaking some of those logs as well. But again, another belter. Hey, hey, baby. Ooh. Ah, it doesn't have the ooh ah bit. That was a oh, later okay. thing. That's the thing now. You're coming at me with a little bit of the fucking like. Oh, the fucking no. When we're fucking getting out. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas this is this old-timey one where it's like... <laughs> Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I want to know if you score a goal. How many people have had a fight with that song in the background? <laughs> Stadiums full, mate. Stadiums, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fighting song. Don't be playing that around these parts. God, they'll be livid. And Swayze's like, the best place to practice lifts is in the water. That may be true, but I mean, right. okay, you two. Any excuse to wear less clothes and get all wet. There's fucking nipples everywhere. It was watching this now where I really, really thought, you know what, Riverdance is very, very, very much taking some choice imagery from Dirty Dancing. Mm. Given as it is, and I'm allowed to say this, you're not. Right. Okay. Giving us a little bit of the old Celtic mysticism yeah. and then kind of presenting that as an original thought. And I'm looking at Patrick Swayze picking up a lady in a lake thinking, Michael Flatley, mm, Lord of the Dance? I've heard of River Dance, but Lake Dance? 
in this economy? Please. I'm just saying, like, and he's like, oh, it's an oxbow lake. It's fine. Like, come on, that was a river, mate. You know, come on. And we hear that cheeky light motif again. The uh, a little little hint. Same scary. <laughs> it's the big dance. They better not fuck it up. Yeah, bit harsh on baby here. Johnny Castle and partner in Mambo this Magic. Is- the normal way when he did this dance business before they just stuck him in the middle of the dance floor for people to go oh look at that that's yeah. a very good dancing couple there's like a stage where it's this just the two of them and everyone's just going to watch the two of them do one dance yeah that's stressful it's really stressful it's a big deal and this is like mid-movie that this like pays off and they do well you know Swayze, Swayze as well, the links up with wrestling here, Swayze calling the spots under his breath here for, for the big high spots, you know. To the left. But they bail on the big finish here. She's meant to yeah. get the big lift up and they don't. But here's the thing, the Philistines in the audience still applauded because they don't know how a merengue is meant to fucking end anyway. And this proves my point that when I played any L shite during my recorder recital when I was five, it didn't matter, did it? They didn't the know any better. Look heads in the audience were like, this is how recorders sound out of tune and 129th of it doing exactly what he wants yeah that's exactly it they don't know it's a botched finish they think that's how it was meant to be booked so that's fine yeah it's all right they did okay they get home these two but they have to rush off very very quickly to see penny who's had a bad time with this dodgy doctor all right yeah this is this is the one bit where i have to say maybe their use of a very heavy topic like abortion was a little bit mishandled in the sense that you cut into Penny and she's literally like, she's like, oh, ah. And they're like, yeah, he only had a rusty knife and a folding table. And it's like, it's remarkably blood free in this room. What you're yes. alleging to have happened has happened here. And that was just a little bit like, you didn't need to see everyone in the room. You could have, you know, it's like they wanted you to see that she was fine in spite of having a back alley abortion with a fucking rusty blade and a folding table, which is like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. yeah yikes and baby she rushes off to get her dad who is a doctor a legitimate doctor to help it's dad time it's very nice of her and the boys are all like oh thank you doctor thank you oh he's always rude he's upset he does what he needs to do but he then takes baby away doesn't want to have anything to do with these people in the kellerman cast system you've got much much higher tier positions for the doctors who look down upon the dance underclass so he treats them as beneath him and it's honestly disgusting to see dance folk treated in this manner by a by by some supposed doctor oh and also as well this next scene Swayze's just topless because literally my theory is that it was all a bit heavy going what was happening and because we just yeah. had the big dance it'll be another bit before we have another big dance so look Patrick we were just thinking if you just pop it off now <laughs> off, mate. come on just for the really tense scene where you and baby have a come to Jesus moment, just pop it off there because it's just yeah. a little bit tense otherwise, you know? I mean, it's, there's a lot going on with the, how these characters are feeling. I mean, Johnny... <laughs> Johnny's so intense. Johnny can't say anything he likes about baby without phrasing it as like some sort of a massive contradiction in the universe. Like, damn you and your amazing worldview. I've never known anyone like you. You're yeah. going to make the world a better place, God damn you. He's very impressed by baby's dad, by old uh, Dr. Dad. <laughs> He, he does have a little bit of that, like, well, I'm only just a dancer. I could never be a big city surgeon like your dad. 
He's really got that. And he, he says this thing about Baby that she's not scared of anything. She's had a soft life, unlike the dancers. Not 100% sure where he's got that from. I mean, she has done some brave things, but I think she was, like, scared and yeah, you of know, You know what she's scared of there, Johnny? Remember when you did your big dance last scene and she was literally too scared to do the big lift? Yeah. She's scared of scared that. Scared of that. Yeah. I guess she's a little bit scared of you as well because you're always shouting all the fucking time. <laughs> And she quite rightly says, me, I'm scared of everything. And the last thing that she says is, I'm scared of walking out of this room and never feeling my whole life the way I feel when I'm with you. Oh. But unfortunately, that emotion was being scared. <laughs> yeah. Well, tough shit because dad has decided this holiday is over. That's yeah. it. Back to downstate New York. And <laughs> Lisa goes, oh, but daddy. And then he's like, yeah, all right, we'll stay there. Yeah, all right. Fine. <laughs> Because the big talent contest is coming up at the end yes. of the season and Lisa is trying to decide what song she's going to sing. And Lisa are going, what should I sing, Daddy? I was thinking of singing, I feel pretty, or maybe I feel pretty. I think Lisa feels pretty at this moment in time on holiday. She popped that wig on and she looked great and she's been running off that, you know, adulation <laughs> ever since. Like. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> the buzz of a good wig, like... <laughs> Also, I do like that this film that just after that bit where they're talking about being scared and like, oh, I, I don't want to, you know, leave here not feeling how I felt. I've butchered that line. But I don't want to leave here ever feeling like I've been, you know, like in a corner, like a, like a <laughs> fucking baby ever again. There's sexy undressing between the two of them, but they're still doing kind of dance moves. And it's heavily implied that sexiness is happening, but it's not shown overtly. Yep. It's just a in the format of the film where it's all dancing based it's undressing dancing sexy dancing but you know you don't have to show everything to for, for instance I'm, I'm not entirely sure but I think that that dirty dancing stage show in Blackpool might have filled in some of those gaps or, or, or at least you know went for a whoop or a cheer during some of those moments where it's heavily yeah, yeah. implied are they like explicit or they actually say like if these two are like just fucking having sex around the goddamn clock and they're like you know this is it now this is it for the end of the holiday like <laughs> we don't really know but i think you know it's kind of i think they are you know they, they, they are the real well, question are. is is lisa gonna sing i feel pretty or is she gonna cave back to that old show tune i feel pretty we don't know we don't know penny's all right now and she's happy that she'll still be able to have children at some later point that's and good recovered her strength enough to give johnny a bit of the old how's your father and give him a clip around the ear and tell him to stop yes. fucking having sex with all the goddamn guests you creep stop mixing with the tourists but he doesn't listen baby doesn't listen to her dad they keep sneaking away to be with each other and we, we do get a few instances this where they're kind of they imply that old johnny he's kind of uh of of all the dancers he is perhaps the most um Social, let's just say. Well, you know, Kevin, when you come from the streets, these women, they're just throwing themselves at you. And I'll tell you what, Kevin, they smell so good. And they're so goddamn interesting as well. They know everything. I know nothing. And they have dads who are doctors, and I could never hope to be a doctor. I'm just a dancer boy who's come from the streets where everyone smells. But these women smell good. How can I be expected to resist? Come on. And and then the bit where Baby goes, no, it's all right, though, because you were using those women, weren't you? It's grand. And he's like, no, they were... They were using me. Nah. Nah, poor old John. In fairness, I think you're being used by the manager because I think the manager knows exactly what he's getting when he's Mm. hiring a Johnny Castle to do dance lessons 
for bungalow bunnies. He knows exactly what's happening. You know what you do. I should point out as well, there is another rainy day that has happened, which they're commenting yep. on. And the one little bit that I loved about it was that Newman, again, was on the PA. Just a little quick throwaway line. It's like, oh, it's, yeah. it's rain or whatever. And he's like, we got all sorts of events planned today. And then he says that he's given away a ghost. And I'm like, all right, how many more rainy days have we got left? Because this guy's giving away a fucking farmyard at this point. Chickens, <laughs> goats, like... You know, I think some of the animals on this resort have passed their sell-by date and they're just trying to <laughs> flog them any, any way they can. We get the baby real name reveal. Francis. Okay, fine. It, d- not really much to that. Just like, that's my name. Oh, she has this, this is when she has this really intense fucking chat with Lisa. And she's like, you're just jealous because I'm daddy's fave now. He listens to me and you're going to go and die in the Peace Corps. <laughs> it's, it's, it's weird, isn't it? And, and Lisa's like saying, I'm going to go all the way with Robbie. Ooh. But he's a right bastard, Lisa. Come but on. But Lisa, you've not even done the required reading. If you haven't read The Fountainhead, he's going to have nothing to do with you. But, you know, Johnny and Baby, they're still dancing. And she's doing the, this is my dance space. That's yours. She's doing that back at him. She's got the confidence now because they did well at that thing. And she can't, though, be coming at him with the spaghetti arm line or anything like that. Because, you know, I'm just saying, ain't no spaghetti that looks like Patrick Swayze. Because that wouldn't be al dente. That'll be all. Damn it! It's too thick. It's got big <laughs> arms. What I'm saying. Thick pasta. A that thick pasta, thick. which yeah. theoretically would be delicious if not mm. impossible to negotiate. So uh. they are planning for the final dance of the big end of season show, mm. and he usually ends things with the mambo. But Neil comes in and he's got a big idea. Ah, uh-uh. fuck that. Pachanga! This fucking dorky grandson guy coming in making... Ch- is he just trying to feel like a big man? Or is he? does he know there's something up with Johnny and Baby? Is he jealous? He's just been I, a jerk. I did like that Johnny used the word Pachanga to refer to the size of his penis. Or, I mean, that's what I assumed he was doing with that. This is where we find out there's another job waiting for Johnny. And mm. apparently he can become a plasterer. And that basically for him seems like sacrilege. Even though, having watched my house be replastered, there is an elegance and dance of sorts oh, to the work absolutely. of a level three or above pasture. Yeah, it's an art form. Johnny, more things he's fucking upset about. So he won't stand up to like Artie Ziff because these people are rich and mean and it, my job depends on it. I can't stand up to them. He's upset that Baby won't tell her dad that those two are an item. Because I think Johnny's hankering for a dad. I think that's what he's Ooh, after. Oh, he does, doesn't he? He just wants a dad to be proud of him. But Baby's like, I, I can't tell him because I'll get in trouble with my dad. Uh, and he's like, no, oh, I'm really, I'm so upset about this. Upset enough that he just beats the fuck out of Robbie later on because Robbie's being a dickhead or something. Yeah, he gives him the old fop bop. He gives him the yeah. old one too. It was around this time as well where Lisa was coming out with, I believe, Robbie <laughs> and the owner and she was making enlightened conversations such as, after the fall of Vietnam, is China next? <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll get back to you on that one. <laughs> so, cut to preparations for this final talent show. We can have a Fanta or a Pepsi if you walk a water. It's great and it goes on like literally as long. It goes on as long as Hungry Eyes goes on. (laughs) 
<laughs> drones on in the background of this whole scene, this bit of uh, Lisa just preparing her kind of crap hula song, whatever it is. I, I don't know. There's something about like, I don't know what it is, but there's something about like mm. crap Hawaiian stuff that's like really, really fascinating to me. You yeah. Know? Like Hawaii is an amazing place with an amazing mm. culture and all that. But like through the lens of Americans in the 60s, it's like... <laughs> What have you fucking idiots done here? Like, I don't know. Like, I want to go to Hawaii someday. But that's mm. because I really want to whack it if I want to. Whatever that means. <laughs> I want to go there. I want to whack it if I want to. It's where Pac-Man wants to go on holiday as well. He, <laughs> he loves it. This lady, Vivian, who was the, what was it? Bungalow Bunny. Bungalow Bunny. And she's like, oh, Johnny, I figured out a real secret thing for you and I to spend the night together. Wink, wink. And then her husband's like, yeah, here's a big bag of cash for sex with my wife. I'm playing cards. <laughs> and, and, and Johnny refuses the refuses. dirty money. And you know what it was? If it was neatly folded or put in a nice padded envelope, but the fact that it was given to him in a fistful, oh, he didn't want that. Have some respect for the man who's going to have sex with your wife. That's what I'd always say. Don't be so blasé about it. You know, treat him right. Um, so he refuses. Uh, Baby is very happy about that. Um, <laughs> this next scene is yeah. so fucking short and so fucking funny. Like, I remember when I first watched this, I was like, oh, it's the 60s. So are all these songs going to be from the 60s? And there's a lot of 60s, like, music that is played. Yeah. But then there's a few times where we get into the score or whatever, where they just do some needle drops from some 80s hits and this big synth mm -hmm. or whatever. And one of them is just like, after this bit, it just goes, yeah, we're going to fall in love and it feels all right. And then Lisa just walks in and sees Robbie having sex with some other woman. And yeah. she's like, oh, my heart's broken. And then they just stop the music. <laughs> Like, would you be told if you were like, hey, we're going to use your music in in Dirty Dancing? <laughs> really? Yeah, but hey. it's only for a juxtaposition, though. Oh. Oh. I think the residual checks would keep me happy in that case. I'd still be like, yeah, no, all right, that's fine. Yeah, Robbie was sleeping, with, I think, with that Vivian woman. So it's all over between Robbie and Lisa. That's been put to bed, quite literally. And Johnny, he mentions that he's had a dream. He's, like, whispering sweet nothings to baby. But it's still going on about her dad, because he's like, I had the weirdest dream that your dad was putting his arm around me and saying I, okay. I welcome you and you're my favourite son, and I love you, son, and I'm your dad, and uh, I'm, I'm a doctor as well, and I'm your dad. I'm, I'm your dad. Like, the fact that my dad gets on with Joe is really, really great. They, <laughs> they, they talk about prog with each other and all that. And, yeah. you know, I get on with Joe's dad. He's, he's mm. great. I absolutely love him to bits. But to say that that's, like, a central feature, particularly of the early relationship... <laughs> it's all Johnny talks about. Yeah, our dads didn't really come up a lot. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I met met joe's dad early on but that's because he happened to be at lincoln that day that was all yeah. you know but i didn't have a dream about him <laughs> putting his arm around me i mean not till a year or two later or at the earliest yeah just johnny keeps mentioning her dad and how he wants to impress her dad which you know is sweet but the only hey. person who thinks more about baby's dad than johnny is baby herself because she's pretty yeah. fucking like dad centric herself sam i mean we get some late film jeopardy here because there's rumors going around that johnny Johnny's stolen a wallet from that. You know that man who was like, here, some money, go fuck my wife. It's rampant pickpocketry on the loose. His wallet's gone. And he, Johnny, he was walking by and he ain't got no alibi. But Baby has got an alibi. But in order to give the alibi, she has to admit to her dad that she was in a room with Johnny all night. Ooh. 
Ooh. And the dancing, it was clean, right, baby? <laughs> well, now that you mention it, go, my only daughter. <laughs> He's so upset. He's so upset he has to go have a big sit overlooking the lake. Oh, heavy is the fucking head that wears the crown, like. <laughs> Exactly. Or did you have to have a big sit down on your holiday, did you? She's been fucking working 24-7. Bussing tables, bopping yeah. fops, come on. You can have a nice sit by the lake. She makes a big tearful apology, but also says that her dad has let her down too. They both let each other down. His vision of how she's going to change the world was only in a very specific way where she goes out with a lawyer or something and she w- wouldn't let him kind of live her own life and make her own choices. And they're both they're both teary and emotional and it's all quite sad. But it's nice though. It's nice. Yeah. The dad ultimately comes around at the end. It was just this doddery old couple who stole the wallet. They're just going from resort to resort nicking wallets, making an absolute killing. I mean, I can't make any promises but i would feel somewhat inclined if i reach 90 or thereabouts to become a master criminal like just start doing crimes yeah i mean oh you really have to convince me not to like you know at that point specifically at that point only like yeah 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 you know if i have as much chance of getting away with it as i do of not shitting myself i'll probably have a whirl at it if we make it to our 90s kevin let's go around doing some crimes (laughs) yeah let's let's go around to the center park and fucking bleed them dry like <laughs> but only when we become 90 yes johnny's still fired though yeah oh, he was innocent he hadn't done anything wrong but he's been fired anyway you know on the apprentice when they do like a double firing yes and you're like oh what having said that i'm struggling <laughs> He's gone because of his carrying on with Baby. He's gone anyway. So Baby's furious. She's like, I hurt my family for nothing. Uh, you're still getting fired anyway. And Johnny, he's, he's got, he apologizes to the dad. And what was nice about it was that when he apologized to his dad and he was wearing his sunglasses and his little black leather jacket, yeah, he looked 47. Like he looked more <laughs> like Baby's dad than her actual dad. And like... I felt bad for him because he obviously wanted to impress upon him a strong figure that he would want to be a father figure too. But instead, I think that baby's dad is going to be looking at Johnny going, will you be my dad? They're having a dad off. They're trying to determine who's the ultimate dad. It's like a snake eating its own tail, a dad becoming (laughs) its own dad. No way, man. He tries to, you know, defend baby and say she's a good person. Yeah, she is someone that people can look up to. But old daddy doctor, he's having none of it. And so off he goes kisses baby goodbye he's gone <laughs> so they get ready for the big final event and yes lisa and baby who have made up they're getting all dressed up and all that and mm-hmm. she, i think this is one of the reasons why i liked lisa a lot more i realized i was wrong what i thought before because she's going to put her hair up baby and then lisa comes over and goes no it's prettier your way looser and she lets her hair down but I thought originally when I saw it, because I was full of brunch, that she went, no, it's prettier your way, loser. loser. Yeah. <laughs> and then she just goes, a walk, a walk, a walk. And <laughs> so you were just thinking, what, what weird shit character development that she's still being horrible. In spite of everything, you're still a loser and a baby. A walk, a walk, a walk. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody stop her. I mean, this final talent show is fucking garbage. Oh, it's that's real the trash. Kellerman song. Uh. In our hearts and minds <laughs> and voices, very Catholic. I had to do this like three times a week. It replaced the word Kellerman's with fucking transubstantiation. <laughs> and that's what I'd have to fucking do. Like. <laughs> 
there is something very, very relatable. And it's not yeah. from like, it's not from holidays, but it's from like summer camps where there's like mm. the theme of the camp and you have to all sing it. Oh, it went right up and down my spine like a fucking xylophone, this one. I didn't like it at all. We're all friends and the friendships last forever. We've loved our lovely holiday despite the dodgy weather. <laughs> and I love, the, uh, <laughs> I love the owners. Like, he's talking to his man Tito and he's like, Do you remember the fucking shit that we've been through? There was no meat during the war, there was nothing, nothing at all during the depression we had nothing we've been through it all you and i we've seen it all this place is going to be burned to the fucking ground and now it's over the whole fucking business is over because these fucking kids they don't want to come here to kellens anymore tito they want to go they can go to six countries in six days in europe uh, on a rail pass fucking oh shit I got- and the end <laughs> of the season here in kellermans please refer us to a neighbor we really need the train <laughs> it all ties into that weird like fever dream atmosphere of some of this where i'm like what what is happening here i like you know if this was a standard movie now mm. what you think would happen is that someone was going to come in and rip these fucking fops a new one this old man's going to get his head in the potato salad and they're going to dirty yeah. dance so much everyone's heads are going to explode instead no. what happens is very respectfully johnny comes back in and he's like hey i'm just gonna interrupt here got a little something want to show you people well Right, so there's a little bit where Baby's dad gives Robbie, for some reason, money for medical school, and then he reveals who he is. He he got Penny pregnant, not Johnny, so the money is snatched back. That resolves that story, I guess. And Just so like, in oh, case Johnny's you thought the father for was a sucker for, for yeah. accepting a man's apology. <laughs> and I saw Baby was sitting down, I was like, hold on a minute, is that a corner? What? Wait a second. Hang and then on. here comes Johnny. We get the famous line. Should none of you should be putting her in a corner, huh? I thought there'd be more fuss about like her being put in a corner, or she'd be like, oh, I've been put in a corner. I don't want to be in a corner. But he just notices she's in a corner and goes, nobody puts baby in a corner. And then and then they just go on and do that. It's not, it's not. It's one of those lines, like half of the lines we mentioned in Mean Girls, where yeah. people have just decided as a hive unit that, hey, this line's a fucking big thing. No one puts baby in. Nobody is allowed to put baby into a corner at all oh this reminds me actually yeah if you went to the corner when you were in school was that something that was imposed upon you going into the corner like a naughty corner yeah yeah um not that i can really remember I, i'm kind of familiar with the concept i mean at, at my school kevin you had all night discos <laughs> I know, between Priestwell and now, I did try and look up All Night Discos and try and find out if that had ever been done at any other schools. Because from a safeguarding red tape Many, many pieces of red tape there, yeah. It's insane that that happened for as many years as it did. At least from the early 2000s to at least... 2015 at the very least the only evidence i could find was a permission slip from 2015 and one girl on twitter saying i can't believe my fucking school used to do all night discos from 8 p.m to 8 a.m i looked at her profile she was from nottingham i assume she went to my school she's probably a former classmate i thought this was going to be like uh, i was going to say this to you and it'd be like a fun relatable british school things that you didn't get when you you were in ireland going to school no it's just me and my one weird school that i went to that did this thing it was it's mad the very very different experiences here 
there. I'm talking yeah. now about like in primary school where we'd be put into a corner and he's talking about instead all night fucking raves that were happening. Just so you know, the teacher who put us into the corner was also the teacher yeah. who hit us as well long after right. they were allowed to do so in the early 90s because she was 85 and no one wanted to tell her, would you stop beating children, please? Just stop it. Yeah. But you imagine the shame now of having to go home. Like you've never had this. You never had to go home and say, like, oh, I've got beaten in school today. Like no, you know, that's, I there's never a bit of shame that. in that or to be told no. that you went into the corner. But our teacher used to, didn't call it the corner. They called it the BBC. The bad boy corner. The bold boy's corner. For bold, like the sheer boldness of the boy to misbehave. Be like you, you're going on the BBC. I'm like, what? With the hated British? No, the bold <laughs> boy's corner. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, you know uh-huh. what? They sent Terry Wogan to the BBC, and he did all right for himself. So I didn't mind taking my legs. Yeah. There we go. We both had different school experiences. I'll put it that way. Yeah, mine was an old Irish woman breaking rulers over delinquent children and sending us to what she jokingly called the BBC. Mine was coming home at 8am after a long night of discoing. I speak for everyone when I say, what? Yeah. What? Right. The only theory that we've got here is that this was, it was like at the end of the year of your last year of being in secondary school before sixth form, before college. Oh, so it wasn't a whole school event. It was one cohort got to do this. I believe so. And I think the idea was to prevent kids from going out somewhere else, going out onto the streets and doing nighttime raving to celebrate the end of school. Oh, so you try and cap it in the school. If that's not the reason then any other reason you have for doing that is bizarre. Like, that must that's the only logical reason. The only time that would have happened then for you, the offer to go, would have been when you got your GCSE results. Is that right? I think so. My memory is fuzzy Look, at this, but... we yeah. definitely, from the Robin Hood episode, I know for a fact that we have a Nottingham listenership here, other than yeah. you and your dad. And I would ask okay. you both to refrain from this, but if anyone at home has more information on this, yeah. know, maybe you're Nottingham adjacent. Maybe you're in, in Durham... <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe you're in in uh, Leicester derby? or Dar- derby derby you derby know, the, der- you know derby spelled with an e as you do yeah. you know because they like to play roller derby down there in derby look if anyone has experienced this let us know i know we're getting away from dirty dancing now but no we do need to know that's important that we keep this in our minds if any other schools have had this please let us know cinemaswell at gmail.com now baby's brought onto the stage Away from the corner. Yeah, away from the corner, brings her to the stage. The daft song about friendship and holidays ends, and he does a little impassioned speech, Johnny, about how Baby has made him realise the person that he wants to be. And everyone in the audience is like, who's that? Oh, is that the lad who does the dance lessons? Oh, huh? And then big climactic dance. I had a time of my life. Right, there's clapping. You can hear clapping to the beat. But it pans across the audience and none of the people in the audience are clapping, which is really jarring to me. Again, the dreamlike atmosphere, particularly well. It was really weird. It's a song that definitely came after 1963, right? Oh, yeah, it's not a 60s song. That's an 80s song. So I don't know if in the... And he was the man of the match! Never seen so many goals (laughs) that he scored with his boots. And we're going down to Wembley. 
And I owe it all to Tommy Knowles. <laughs> Regular recurring characters on the podcast, yeah. Colin Come and Tommy Knowles. Tommy Knowles. It doesn't quite fit into the 60s setting, and that contributes to the weird surrealness of it. And this is definitely an 80s song. I don't know if the, in the like canon of the film, the fiction of the film, they are actually dancing to I Had the Time of My Life. I don't think they are. I think they're dancing to but a different song. There is, song. like, when you hit the saxophone, where it's like... Bit, bit, you, there are people with saxophones over there, you know? Yeah. And then T.O. is like, hey, this is fun. And like, stop him. No, get out of here, old man. All joining in. They do the big lift. Yeah. Big lift. Goes off without a hitch. It's so feel good. It's the best. You know, honestly, it's one of my favorite goddamn songs. I fucking love this song. Mm. Yeah, like, it's a belter. If you see me near a karaoke, I will be singing this song. I will find right. a partner. I will sing this song. I love this song. And this song features one thing that I think I want to do more than anything in, in life. This is on the bucket list, yeah. right? As it pertains to dancing, because I have rediscovered through Dirty Dancing and just Dirty Dancing on Just Dance, that there's a little <laughs> bit of a dancer inside of me. And that little no. dancer does want to lead a group of people down an aisle who are also dancing at the same time. That just yes. seems like fun, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. a little posse yeah. of dancers. I hope it's going to happen for you one day, Kevin. I also hope that uh, someone's dad says to you, I know you weren't the one who got Penny in trouble. When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. That's the real love story here. And you know what? <laughs> yeah. Not many times they'll do this in a romantic movie where they'll provide just as much of a romantic story from the paternal father <laughs> perspective son-in-law relationship. There yeah. is invested in that. Yes, they don't dance, but they don't need to. It's a great no. game of minds between Johnny and the dad here. It's That's just feel good. It's all yeah. it's all feel good. There's nothing more to it, really. You know, it's it's a nice, it. long, happy fucking dance, and it just ends, and there are no loose ends, and we don't even like make the fops pay a toll for their down-looking no. nature on the dance folks. They just get in on the groove as well, and there you go. There's, everything's fucking happy dory. There's no real like revenge aspect to it. No one gets taken down a peg. It's just everyone goes on with their lives and they have fun dancing. You don't get a scene where Robbie's like, I can't go to medical school anymore. No, <laughs> take him away, officers. He's a fucking wrongin. There's extremist right-wing material in his locker. You'll see this book called The Fountainhead, <laughs> which is a, a manifesto of sorts. Take him away. Thank you. The only implied thing is like Kellerman's like yeah this business is uh, hemorrhaging money <laughs> we're, we're fucked but, yeah, like, but that's more of a long term revenge yeah, yeah. You know, it's not immediate comeuppance you're not going like, to get like, you know, like a sequel to Dirty Dancing when old man Kellerman opens the bank statement and goes and dies <laughs> and is yeah the time of my life <laughs> and Johnny takes over and turns it into like a special dance camp that's oh, what we'd love, to, we'd love to see yeah yeah Sam. Dirty dancing. Yeah. Not the fucking deepest waters we've traveled through. But no. good lord, what a fucking good time. Toe tapping, torso staring and otherwise. Yeah. You've got good dance. You've got great music. You've got fucking insanely brilliant costumes. This yeah. is a fun, easygoing movie. What did you think of it? I had a good time with it. Did you have the time of your life, though? I had a pretty good time. And there's not loads I can point to with this where I'm like, that's wrong, that's bad about it, or there's anything especially dodgy about it. In fact, for a film of its time, it handles a lot of things very well. It's quite balanced in terms of, you know, characters and everything. Like, it's light, but it's not inconsequential, you know what I mean? Sometimes we watch like, yeah. a light movie and it feels like, you know, just because you could fall asleep doesn't mean that you would be advocated or encouraged to fall asleep. 
Yeah. And like from a direction point of view, looks great. The dancing sequences are all great. Performances are great. I loved a bit of Swayze. Swayze was great as like a sexy leading man. This is what I was kind of hoping to see from Swayze when we first did the Swayze vote and we got that. Jennifer Grey, baby. Great. I don't know if we pointed out Swayze's hair is really good as well in this. Mm, you know? Yeah. I mean, obviously there's a lot of heavy lifting going on with that torso and them high-waisted pants, but the hair is here to play. Absolutely. And music all bangers. Every single song is a straight-up goddamn banger. I think, honestly, <laughs> like, no word of a lie, I think it's honestly one of the best soundtracks yeah. that we've had. Like, it, everyone a is a fucking banger. Songs. Bunch of yeah. great, easy-listening bangers. There's a reason why I'll tune the dial to Magic FM if I find myself in a car, and it's because 90% of it is the Dirty Dancing soundtrack. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. It is quite, it's quite breezy. You could sleep and then wake up and then still kind of get what's going on in this. It whizzed by. Is it, like, in any way strange or weird that this movie has such a following that it does? Like Because, you know, we were laughing, like, oh, when we were looking to see where we could watch this, and this is, like, I think the first movie we've done ever where it was on every single streaming service. Yeah. Like, the notion that if you don't have this on your streaming service like what the fuck are you doing there's like thousands upon millions of people everywhere who demand your head on a spike like is the fact that this movie is probably one of the most popular if not the most popular romantic movies of all time does that make sense or because i'll be honest it is a little weird this movie i love that it's weird but it is it's like got a weirdness to it there's a definitely a weirdness to it for mm. sure it ain't so glossy and so fucking mainstream seeming that it's not got some fucking strangeness about it. It definitely does. In different hands, you could definitely David Lynch this situation into its own <laughs> weird film. <laughs> that kind of like away from home going to like a 60s holiday camp has its own inherent weirdness and creepiness to it. It's quite strange. I mean, I'll say, I, I watched Tommy recently for the first time, yeah. and that has a similarly, a, has an English 60s holiday camp, and it seemed right. like a, a nightmare of many sorts. Maybe this is not like an incredible film, but I think the idea of it, the idea of you know, Patrick Swayze being a sexy dance teacher and teaching you how to dance, and I can see why you know and there's there's some nice lines that have, they didn't have the same weight to them that you think they're going to like the nobody puts baby in the corner wasn't delivered with any kind it's, it's not climactic that line no absolutely it, not like. it's become like a, a cultural thing i get why it's taken off you know it's it's romantic would you watch it again would you watch that for a romantic night in is what i'm asking you i wouldn't be against watching it again is what i'd say yeah you know and given that it's on everything you could just go oh we'll, we'll pop dirty dancing on that'll be it you know did you say your mum was a fan of this well or is it no no that was point break your mum was a fan of <laughs> she's a real big fan of swayze and ghost that's ah. we, we, i've clarified that with my mum it's patrick swayze and ghost now of course we, we can't keep this going now and, and go do three <laughs> swayze's in a row and claim that ghost can be a spooky swirl i don't think we'll get away with that somehow couldn't we uh, no, no, we're no, not going no, to. But. No, I'm very glad you got to see this part of Patrick Swayze, yeah. which was admittedly a lot more similar to the part of Patrick Swayze you saw in the previous movie. Yeah, because he was still kind of intense, but he was—he was actually in many respects more chilled out when he was a bank robbing surfer than when he was a dancer in a stuffy hotel. Yeah, it's definitely more friendly as a criminal surfer. But look, you didn't necessarily have the time of your life, but you could whack no. it if you wanted, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I misheard you there. I was like, what? <laughs> oh, okay. 
yeah, I had a good time. I enjoyed the like intense handsomeness of Patrick Swayze. I, I kind of got the vibe. I see why this is as popular as it is. It might not be necessarily my thing, but it does a good job of being the thing that it is. That's the thing. It's like it's so like I don't say it's so agreeable, but it's so like not objectionable. This movie, yeah. if you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Like if you if you've never seen this movie and you're like you have it in your head that like there's some sort of like fucking asterisk beside your life if you've watched fucking Dirty Dancing. Like there's a reason why it's endured as long as it has. It's just like a really nice, good, grand movie. Like it's a good you know, time. it's a good time. It's Patrick Swayze dancing, Sam. I need to know your star wipe rating for Patrick Swayze in Dirty Dancing. I'm giving this. Now, I, I gave Point Break four and a half, I think. You did? I believe so. I believe so. I'm cracking out a half measure again. Oh! I'm going three and a half for three Dirty Dancing. Three and a half! You heard it here first. la 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 Oh, thanks for listening to another episode of Cinema Swell. This episode was produced by Kevin, edited by me, Sam, and I also did the music. If you want to support the show, then patreon.com forward slash cinema swell is the way to go. If you want to follow us on the socials, we're at cinema swell on Twitter and facebook.com forward slash cinema swell on Facebook, which is where our votes for episodes take place. If you've got questions, queries, comments, or anything else for the mailbag, then send it on over to cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's cinemaswirl at gmail.com. Please do keep recommending the show to your friends if you think they'll like it, or even if you don't think they'll like it, just recommend it anyway. Oh, and if there are any bits in recent episodes that you think would make particularly nice video clips, you know, the kind of thing we've had on our socials recently, then send us a tweet and let us know. All right, we'll see you next time. Cheers. Bye. Bye.